Hello and welcome mga betch. It's me, your one and only Martin motherfucking rules and welcome back to my channel. Yes, new year, new look ng ating uh, channel ngayon and you know what time it is. It's Philippine true crime stories. Kumusta kayong lahat? I hope you guys, girls, and my non-binary friends are safe and healthy and sana maganda yung pasok ng taon sa inyo. Kung bago nga pala kayo sa aking channel, hello, my name is Martin. At tuwing Huwebes, gumagawa ako ng video tungkol sa totoong krimen o misteryo na nangyari sa Pilipinas habang nagmi-makeup. Kaya naman, oo, kung interesado kayo sa mga gantong klaseng content, I highly suggest na mag-subscribe kayo sa aking channel para naman swertehin kayo ngayong 2022, divine. Huwag mo rin kalimutan na kalampagin yung bell button para naman ma-update ka pag meron tayong bagong uploads. And lastly, if you have any questions tungkol sa topic natin for today or sa mga makeup na i-apply ko, huwag kayo mahiya na magtanong sa comment section below. Okay, so last year, kung maalala nyo pa, pinag-usapan natin yung magwad siblings. And gusto ko lang sabihin na I forgot to include this sa uh, video natin. Na hopefully, hindi maapektuhan nung case na yon yung mga taong gustong mag-adopt. Dahil for sure, magkakaroon or hindi natin may iwasan na magkaroon ng notion na huwag nilang mag-adopt kasi baka mauwi pa sa ganito. ba diba? I get it. May takot. However, maraming bata ang nasa lansangan o di naman kaya nasa bahay ampunan ang takot. Marami sa kanila ay traumatized dahil sa pag-abandon sa kanila or pagkamatay ng loved ones nila. Marami rin ang abuse na merong psychological effect tulad ng emotional or social development ng isang bata. And even though na lagi kong sinasabi na I hate people, I believe na merong goodness in every people at kung punong-puno ka ng pagmamahal, why not share it, di ba? Lalong-lalong na sa mga batang nangangailangan ng guidance, affection, protection, at pagmamahal. Well, I guess, gets nyo naman na itong mga ito dahil alam ko na maganda ang pagpapalaki ko sa inyo. Mm -mm. Also, oo nga pala, yung sinabi ko na paghahalin tulad doon sa video, hindi lang yon para sa mga content creators o sa mga nag-share ng news. Para sa atin lahat yon oo. Itigil na natin yung paghalintulad kasi nasa sapawan o lumalab now yung kwento or yung detalye or yung storya nung totoong nangyari. Kaya naman, please lang, stop it. By the way, before we proceed with the rest of our intro, o oh, diba, sabi ko sa inyo eh, ito ang pinakamahabang intro sa YouTube universe. Nakakaloka. Ayun na nga, let's entertain a question from a fellow YouTuber slash beauty blogger na si Jay Gerboksani. I hope I pronounce it right. Anyway, ang sabi niya, curious siya sa opinion ko regarding doon sa lowering age responsibility pertaining doon sa perpetrator nung magwad siblings. Ayan. So, maraming maraming salamat sis sa question na ito. And... <laughs> ang controversial nung ano na to nung um, lowering age responsibility nakakaloka kasi ganito yan kung maalala nyo nung 2016 election um, sa kampanya nung pasistang si Duterte bukod sa war on drugs he pledged to lower the minimum age of crime responsibility at nung 2019 lang The House of Representatives approved the House Bill 
Sa bill na yon, yung mga batang 9-year-old will face criminal charges if found guilty committing a serious crime. Yung mga crimes include kidnapping, murder, parasite, infanticide, and serious illegal detention. At dahil nakatanggap ng backlash or resistance itong House of Representatives sa mga opposition lawmakers, psychologists, at children's rights groups, ang ginawa nitong bootlicker na legislators from 9-year-old sa proposed nilang lowering age of criminal liability, ginawa nilang 12 years old at binago nila yung criminal responsibility na nasa bill to social responsibility para hindi sila masyado halatang pasista. Itong bill na ito ay parehas lang sa existing na batas which is RA 9344 also known as Juvenile Justice and Welfare Act of 2006. Yung mga batang nag-commit ng matinde or seryosong krimen would be sent to the Intensive Juvenile Intervention and Support Center inside the nearest youth care facility also called Bahay Pag-asa. The only difference ay ang pinupush ng House Bill 8858 na minimum age of criminal liability ay 12 years old. Samantala, under the Republic Act 9344, 15 years old yung minimum age. So that's just a brief explanation tungkol sa issue na ito. And for me, tutol ako or against to lower age of criminal liability. Dahil unang-una, may batas na na nag exist Ibig sabihin, itong bill na ito ay redundant. Pangalawa, ang punitive actions, lalong-lalo na sa mga bata, will not keep them obedient or away from crime. Yung mga child rights advocates point out that underage persons who commit crimes were victims themselves. Maaring inabuso, inexploit, or inabanduna ng kanilang dysfunctional families. At karamihan ay nakatira sa environment na merong high levels of crime. Mga communities na yun ang ginagawa to survive. And whose fault is that? Well, obvious naman, it's the government. And that's on point blank, period. Instead of passing bills or law, katulad ng anti-terror law, mm-mm. bakit hindi tayo mag-focus sa maayos na healthcare? Mm-mm. Yung less intimidating sana para sa mga mahihirap, thank you. Yung educational system natin na bulok, Oo, na nakapattern pa rin sa colonial system. Ano na, 2022 na. Lupa para sa mga magsasaka, ligtas at protektadong karagatan laban sa mga modern colonizer. <coughs> para sa ating mga mangingisda and pass soji bill. Diba? Ano na, yun yung mga importante. And the list goes on. Ang daming pwedeng magandang gawin to make a change para sa mga susunod na generasyon. Pero mas inatupag nila ang pamamasista. Mm-mm. Choices. Also, dagdag ko na din yung 114 na bahay pag-asa kung saan i-rehabilitate at mag-focus sa special treatment yung mga minors. Sa official record, 63 lang ang naitayo. At 58 houses lang ang operating. Mostly dirty, overcrowded, at kulang-kulang sa mga pangangailangan ng mga bata at ng mga staff. Yung mga staff also lacks training in child care. Sabi ni Trisha Oko ng Governmental Juvenile Justice and Welfare Council, and I quote, Children are told to keep quiet the whole day and do nothing, end quote. 
If this doesn't scream government's incompetence, I don't know what is. Honestly, truly. Well, thank you so much for coming to my TED Talk. This has been your host, Eme. Hopefully, nasagot ko yung tanong mo, Jay. Okay, magtungo naman tayo sa case natin today. At ang unang story na i-discuss natin this year ay uh, yung case ni Archimedes Trajano. I'm pretty sure narinig yun na itong pangalan na ito somewhere, pero hindi lang siguro kayo nakinig, baka busy kayo. Anyway, maraming maraming salamat kay Dojo Dog, o oh, Nyo Kaya, for recommending this case. Kung kayo rin, meron kayo mga nalaban na true crime or mystery na nangyari sa Pilipinas or kaya sa ibang bansa ng mga Pilipino, let me know sa comment section below at pag-uusapan natin yan sa mga susunod na episodes. Itong case na ito only shows how dangerous and powerful the Marcoses are at hindi na dapat hinahayaang tumakbo or umupo pa sa pwesto. Kaya naman, let's STFU and proceed to the story. Babala. Ang mga susunod na imahe, istorya at description ay maaari makapagdulot ng takot. Huwag magpatuloy kung kinakailangan. So, the story began noong 1977 kung saan a Mapua student was tortured and eventually killed after questioning the daughter of the late dictator. That brave student is Archimedes Archie Trajano. Wala masyadong information about kay Archie. But we do know na pinanganak siya noong 1956, isang student activist at nag-aaral sa Mapua Institute of Technology. Malayo-malayo sa kasing edad niya na anak ng diktador na si Amy Marcos, also known as Maria Imelda Josefa Romualdez Marcos. Panganay na anak siya noong mandarambong na sina Ferdinand at Imelda Marcos. Pinanganak siya noong November 12, 1955 sa Mandaluyong. 10 years old siya noong naging presidente ng Pilipinas, yung tatay niyang magnanakaw noong 1965. Nag-aral siya from kinder to grade 4 sa Institusyon Teresiana or St. Pedro Poveda College. And then lumipat siya sa Assumption Convent noong grade 5 hanggang sa first year high school. Noong 1972 naman, before the declaration of martial law, Okay, bago tayo magpatuloy, gusto ko muna kayong tanungin mga kabetsyang. Do you ever wonder how I create my podcast? Gusto nyo bang magsimula na rin ng sarili ninyong show at i-conquer ang podcasting world pero worried kayo sa recording, editing, at iba pang masasamang elemento na maaaring pumigil sa vibe ninyo? Well, worry no more honey dahil sobrang easy na mag-start ng podcast ngayon using Anchor. Libre lang sa Zai. At sa mismong app, you can already record and edit your podcast. And publish it on various platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, at marami pang iba. As your detective, I can attest to the fact that Anchor is guilty for being the easiest way to make a podcast. So download it now on App Store, Play Store, or access it via the website www.anchor.fm for free! Anchor, everything you need to make a podcast. Now back to the episode. She and her siblings moved to states at nag-aral sa Santa Catalina Convent sa California. Hindi pa tapos ako dahil school and university tour ito. Diyos ko. And then, lumipat siya sa Princeton University sa New Jersey taking religion and politics. Yung mga student sa Princeton, 
Tinutulan yung admission ni Amy dahil anak siya ng diktador at threat siya sa mga estudyanteng against sa rehimen ni Marcos. Kaya umuwi siya sa Pilipinas noong 1976 at pinasok ang mundo ng politika. The next year, naging um, founding chair siya ng Kabataang Barangay or National Youth Council. Yung Kabataang Barangay pala sa mga hindi nakakaalam ay na-establish noong April 15, 1975 by Presidential Decree 684. Ang aim nito ay to define the role of the youths, opportunity to express their views, aspirations, and hopes. 15 to 18 years old lang ang allowed na mag-participate sa KB elections sa bawat local village or communities ng 42,000 barangays sa buong bansa. And it initiates policies, programs, and projects for the development of the youths. So halimbawa, nanalo ka as KB chairman, um, you will act as ex-officio member sa barangay nyo. At chairman ng Committee on Sports and Recreation Activities. You will plan and enforce local policies para sa mga kabataan in your respective barangays na isusupervise ng barangay captain. Yung appropriate budget naman na inaaprobahan ng kagawad or counselor as the legislative council na ibibigay naman sa sanggunian or council which is the kabataang barangay. Na-abolish yung kabataang barangay noong 1986 kasunod noong EDSA People Power Revolution at pinalitan ng sangguniang kabataan noong 1991 under Republic Act 7160. Anyway, going back, bumalik ulit si Aimee sa US to continue her studies sa Princeton. Pero she withdrew noong 1979 at bumalik ulit sa Pilipinas without a college degree. Pagkatapos nag-enroll siya sa University of the Philippines College of Law na naging controversial. Dahil nagprotesta yung mga studyante sa kadahilan ng she failed to meet the normal requirement for having a um, college degree. Habang sila dumaan sa mahigpet na admission process. Noong 1983 naman, during a televised recognition ceremony ng University of the Philippines sa Meralco Theater, showed Amy Marcos graduating and being honored magna cum laude dahil yung ceremony was pushed by her parents. According sa UP Cebu history professor na si Madrilenia de la Serna, hindi daw tinik ni Amy yung 35 units sa College of Law by the time na graduate na siya. And despite the missing units, pre-nature ng politics yung college para payagan siyang graduate. Pero yung faculty led by Heidi Yorak refused to approve her graduation. Amy claimed na meron siyang MA or Master's sa Management and Business Administration sa Asian Institute Management. Ngunit subalit datapwat noong March 22, 2019, sabi nung uh, registrar and student enterprise director na si um, Brian Magbutay, and I quote, In our 50 years of providing world-class programs, we never offered an MA-MBA, end quote. Okay, now let's go back. Noong August 31, 1977, kung saan merong open forum sa pamantasang lungsod ng Maynila na yung current director ng Kabataang Barangay 
the CIME Marcos, yung speaker. Picture this. CIME surrounded ng mga bodyguards while addressing the youth. Then, tinanong siya ni Archimedes, must the Kabataang Barangay be headed by the president's daughter? She would not have gotten the position if she weren't the daughter of the president, which allegedly irritated Aimee, and then yung guards niya forcibly thrown out Rahano sa open forum, at yun na yung huling beses na nakita siyang buhay. Two days later, September 2, 1977, Archie was founded sa streets ng Manila, covered with his own blood. May signs of beating and torture sa biktima. Puno siya ng pasa and his face was even disfigured. Yung nanay niya na si Agapita Trajano later recalled and I quote, He was covered in white sheet laying on a table. And when I opened the sheet, I saw him blue-black. But I think my heart hardened. I said, My God, why him? End quote. Sabi sa parents ni Archie na he was killed due to a fight with his dorm mates. Or di naman kaya sa fraternity hazing, walang coverage ng news yung nangyari kay Archie. Dahil alam naman natin that the Marcoses controls the media noong panahon ng martial law. Kung nangyari itong krimen na ito ngayon, makapagkaso yung nanay ni Archie laban sa mga um, bodyguards at anak nung asistang presidente. Although bulok at napakabagal ng justice system natin, at yung mga mayayaman lang at in power yung kayang mag-get away with murder. Pero at least it's a good start, ba diba? However, dahil nga under ng diktadurya ni Marcos yung bansa at that time, hindi ito posible. It took Agapita Trajano 9 years before she was able to file a case against Amy Marcos and General Fabian Ver. Dahil kung maalala nyo, the Marcoses were exiled to Hawaii after the 1986 People Power Revolution that ended the regime of Ferdinand Marcos, also known as the darkest years in the Philippine history. Watch my video about crimes against humanity during martial law. Lagay ko na lang yung link sa description below or somewhere here. Nung na-excel kasi sila sa Hawaii, si Agapita Trajano happened to have migrated there. Nag-file siya ng complaint sa United States District Court of Honolulu, Hawaii noong March 20, 1986 for the false imprisonment, kidnapping, and wrongful death and a deprivation of rights of his son. Sa civil case 860207, nakasaad na the wrongful death of Archimedes Trajano committed by the military intelligence officials of the Philippines allegedly under the command direction, authority, supervision, tolerance, sufferance, and or influence of Aimee Marcos. Hindi umatend ng hearing si Aimee, katulad ni Junior, oo. pero yung mga lawyers niya at itong si Aimee argued na yung district court ay walang jurisdiction under the U.S. Alien Tort Statute at entitled siya to absolute immunity under FSIA or Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act. Dahil she was being sued in the court of other state. Meaning yung act na yan do not authorize a federal court to assert jurisdiction over actions taken by a foreign government um, against its own citizen. Pero sabi ng korte, meron silang jurisdiction over the case stating and I quote, She controlled the military police. 
the FSIA is implicated and we must be satisfied that it does not bar jurisdiction even though the issue was not raised in the district court. End quote. The Hawaii court ruled in Agapita's favor. Its decision stated, and I quote, judgment was caused by Marcos Manotok. The court concluded that this violation of fundamental human rights constitute a tort in violation of the law of nations. Under 28 U.S. Code S1350, or Alien Tort Statute, and award damages of $4.16 million and attorney's fees pursuant to Philippine law, end quote. Aimee and her team of lawyers argues that the Philippine military intelligence is an instrumentality and that the Tortures Act were brought about by the person acting pursuant to the authority of Marcos, Marcos Manoto, and there, such that the liability of Marcos Manoto is expressly premised on her authority as government agent, which initially admitting to the tortious acts. Si Agapita Trajano naman, on the other hand, argues under Chudian, the FSIA does not immunize the acts of individuals which are outside the scope of their official duties and the acts of torture and arbitrary killing which the complaint averse occurred under Marcos Monotok's own authority cannot be official acts within whatever the authority Marcos Monotok was given by the Republic of the Philippines. Pagkatapos after all this, even though convicted, I believe Aimee did not spend a night in jail, nor paid Agapita Trajano for the damages. Kaya naman nung July 3, 1993, back in the Philippines, nag-file ng motion si Agapita sa Pasig Regional Trial Court to enforce the Honolulu Court ruling para magbayad si Aimee, who at that time nakatera sa Alexandra Condominium sa Meralco Avenue, Pasig City. Hey, Betchangs! Want to start your own podcast pero worried about what goes through the production process? Girl, if hindi mo pa naririnig, may I share with you Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Just download it via the App Store, Play Store, or access it from the website www.anchor.fm for free. Tapos meron silang creation tools doon that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right away. You also don't have to worry about the distribution on different platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and others dahil Anchor will do the job for you. Now back to the episode. At dahil hindi na naman sumipot itong si Aimee sa korte at failed to file her answer, the trial court declared her in default. She argued na she already a resident in Singapore at yung condo unit na ito sa Pasig ay hindi sa kanya or regular place of business. Kaya noong October 19, 1993, Aimee, by special appearance of counsel, filed a motion to dismiss on the grounds of lack of jurisdiction of the trial court over her due to an invalid substituted service of summons. During the hearing sa motion to dismiss, Pernisent ng team ni Marcos, si Carlos Gonzalez at nag-testify ito na nakita niya si um, Ani Marcos dun sa Alexandra 
ng dalawang beses. He also identified the certification of Renato A. De Leon, which stated na yung condo unit ay pagmamayari ng Queens Park Realty Incorporation. The petitioner, which is CIB, also presented her um, Philippine passport and the disembarkation embarkation card na in-issue ng Immigration Service of Singapore to show that she was a resident of Singapore. At your frequent number of times, she allegedly entered Alexandra Holmes, did not establish Amy's position that she was a resident in that said place. Anyways, si Agatita Trahana naman presented Robert Swift, lead counsel for the plaintiff in the estate of Ferdinand Marcos Human Rights litigation. Nag-testify si Robert that he participated in the position of Bongbong Marcos at kinumpirma ni Robert Swift that Bongbong Marcos testified na yung residence ni Amy Marcos Manotok was in fact sa Alexandra Homes sa Mingreen Hills. In addition sa logbook ng Alexandra Homes from August 4, 1992 to August 3, 1993, nakalist yung name ni Aimee that cites evidence. Kaya noong October 11, 1994, dinismiss ng korte yung motion to dismiss ni Aimee dahil sa malakas na ebidensya na prinisent ni Agapita. Noong October 21 naman, that same year, diniscard ng korte yung plea ni Aimee for reconsideration for lack of merit. Kaya naman, siguro dala na rin ang kapal ng muka dinala ni Aimee itong kaso sa Court of Appeals noong January 20, 1995. At nag ng petition for certiorari and prohibition. Fast forward to 1997, Court of Appeals upheld regional trial court's findings. Yung CA or Court of Appeals also rejected Aimee Marcos' passport as a proof dahil hindi niya present yung last two inside pages kung saan nandun naka-indicate yung residence niya. And the CA considered the withholding of those pages as suppression of evidence. Hindi pa tapos, oo, uh-uh, kala nyo dyan, si Aimee this time went to Supreme Court uh, through a ruling by a third division. And by retired Justice Presbytero Velasco Jr. noong 2006 where she eventually won, right? The Supreme Court ruled that Aimee's place of residence was no longer relevant due to non-compliance to prerequisite for valid substituted service. The proceedings held before the trial court perforce must be annulled substituted service. Sa ilalim kasi ng batas, it is preferred that summons be served personally. Pero pinapayagan din ang substituted service if reasons are acceptable. The rules of court do not define how much time it allows the sheriff to try and serve the summon personally before he or she can resort to substituted service. Sabi ng sheriff sa return, and I quote, On many occasions, several attempts were made to serve the summon, but to no avail as defendant is usually out of her place and or residence or premises, end quote. The Supreme Court said a meticulous scrutiny of the aforementioned return readily reveals the absence of material data on the serious efforts to serve the summons on Aimee Marcos Manoto in person. There is no clear valid reason cited in return why those efforts prove inadequate to reach the conclusion that personal service has become impossible or unattainable. Nagdag pa nila, on the issue whether the petitioner, which is I, me, 
um, is a resident of Alexandra Homes in Pasig, our findings that the substituted service is void has rendered the matter moot and academic, even assuming that Alexandra Holmes as her actual resident. Such fact would not make an irregular and void substituted service valid and effective. Sa ruling na yan, the Supreme Court reverse both the findings of Court of Appeals and Regional Trial Court and allowed IME to ignore the Honolulu ruling, leaving the Trejanos without compensation for the brutal killing or murder of Archimedes. Noong 2019 lang, during IME Marcos' interview sa ANC Head Start, hosted by Karen Davila, sabi niya, She's puzzled sa mga accusation and this is funny. By these charges, dahil mga bata kami, we're what, 15, 16 years old? Girl. Girl. Seryoso, girl? Ah! What the fuck? Aware naman tayo at alam naman natin lahat dahil kakasabi ko lang kanina na 1955 pinanganak si Amy Marcos and si Trajano naman or si Archimedes Trajano ay... Pinatay noong 1977. That makes Aimee 21 or 22 years old nung pinatay si Archimedes Trajano. That means fully aware si Aimee sa situation and she even said sa Hawaii court and I quote, Yes, Archimedes Trajano was tortured and killed but it's none of your business. End quote. And like her mother Imelda, Aimee managed to waltz away from being lawfully punished. Despite sa court conviction that definitively established her liability, walang kahirap-hirap sa kanya to lie about this. She is definitely incorrigible. And sobrang pathological liar ng pamilyang to at kayang-kaya nilang baloktorin baloktotin yung realidad because their lies and propaganda serves them. The golden era was a lie yung mga achievement and educational background nila sa lie, pati yung promises at platforma nila, lies. At kung meron kang respeto at dangal sa sarili mo knowing na meron kang kasalanan na nagawa sa iba, you will repent, right? I'm not even religious, but my God! Meron pa rin silang apog na humarap sa tao and even run for public office. Naging governor at senator pa nga itong si Aimee. Akalain mo yun? Speaking of public office, yung kapatid niya na si Bongbong Marcos ay tumatakbo sa pagka-presidente, oo. Yung pineke rin yung degree, oo, at guilty sa tax evasion case. May zoomicron, at ilang beses nag-poll protest pero sa proceedings ng COMELEC, absent. And that is for another story dahil hindi ko na kayang tumalak pa sa kalat ng pamilyang to. Baka mangiwi ako mga teh. Anyway, nalalapit na ang eleksyon at alam ko naman na matatalino tayo lahat para hindi na mahulog sa mga mabubulaklak na mga pinagsasabi nitong mga magnanakaw ng mga pamilya na ito. Please, please, please practice critical thinking and mag-fact-check tayo because we can't afford to elect another Marcos sa pinakamataas na position sa bansa. And if you're going to argue with me na hindi kasalanan ng anak ang kasalanan ng ama, bitch, let's just put it this way. They are all complicit. Until now, they keep denying sa kasalanan ng tatay nila. And kung serious sila sa reparation sa mga biktima ng human rights abuses ng martial law, hindi sagot ang pagtakbo for an office. Ang, ang una nilang dapat gawin, isa uli nila lahat ng ninakaw nila at suportahan nila 
yung mga pamilyang um, nawala ng mahal sa buhay during nung rehimen ni Marcos. And well, makulong din dahil yan lang talaga yung sagot na masasabi natin uh, merong hustisya. Sa totoo lang, after the sick man of Asia, si Duterte, we need a competent leader. At hindi yun si Narcos. Este si Marcos Jr. So that is the case of Archimedes Trajano. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Again, I can't stress this enough. Hindi nagbayad ng singkong duling si Aimee sa mga Trajano at hindi rin siya nakulong. Only proves kung gaano kasira ang justice system natin. In my observation from Ferdinand Marcos Imelda, Aimee and Bongbong, lagi silang nakakatakas sa kaso kahit na they are proven guilty. It's either back sila ng mga powerful people na nakaupo ngayon or talagang master manipulator lang sila or both. Anyway, kayo naman ang kumusga. Let me know your thoughts sa comment section below. Mag-usap tayo. Oo. So that's it for me today. Thank you, thank you so much for watching. As always, please keep safe and healthy and I'll see you guys on my next video. Bye.